Okay, friends, the story begins. We are on page 31, top of the page. We're continuing through the Psuke de Zimra, the verses of praise, which is the next section of the davening that we're on, which is basically from the Baruch Sha'amar until Yishtabach, that segment, our various verses of praise where we appreciate the relevance of God. Several years ago, I emailed one of my teachers. I was already out of yeshiva, but I sent him an email. I said, what does faith mean? How do you define faith? How do you define trust? Faith in God, trust in God. Because they are different. What is the difference between the two? And I wasn't expecting a long answer at all, because I know he's a busy person, this rabbi. But he emailed me back like a week later, but very long email, personal email. It was an academic response, but also a very personal, emotional response. It was, it was very, it was very, um, very impressive. There's one line that he wrote in that email, and it stuck out to me to this day. And he said, "Faith." He said, "If somebody believes that God exists, they're not a believer; they're a philosopher." To be a believer, you have to believe that God is relevant. And this is the specific theme of this paragraph, of this prayer that we're about to say, that we're about to study. We're about to better appreciate and better uh, remind ourselves that God doesn't just exist because Judaism is not a philosophy. God is relevant because Judaism is a way of life. Unlike most of the prayers that we've been reciting, this is not a, a cut and paste from one specific place, but this is actually a compilation of various verses throughout the Torah, the prophets, the scriptures, the Tanakh. There's actually 18 sentences here, 18 verses, handpicked by the um, the Anche Knesset Hagadola, the Men of Great Assembly, who ran the Sanhedrin in days of old. They're the ones who put the Siddur together, together with Ezra and his Beit Din, right after the destruction of the first temple. They handpicked these verses, and they handpicked 18 verses. What's the significance of 18? It was Chai. But the significance of 18 is the Shemona Esrei, the Amida, 18 blessings. And these verses actually correspond to the 18 blessings of the Amida. Later, when the 19th blessing was added to the Amida, and we'll talk about that when we get there, there's also a 19th verse that was added here as well. Let's read from the beginning. We're going to go through a couple hand select verses. We're not going to, um, we're not, we're not going to spend, um, we're not going to pull apart every single verse in detail. But let's go through a couple of them just to understand the theme of what's going on and how that's relevant for you and I over here. Sounds good. Okay, take a look at the top of the page. where we say, may the glory of the Lord be forever. May the Lord find the light in his works. May the name of the Lord be blessed from now and to all eternity. So number one, 
is Hashem appreciates the world that he made. Right? May, the world, may the Lord find delight in his works. God enjoys the world that he made. Implying that the world is actually relevant to him. The world matters to him. We matter to God. Now, if you just put this in, in context, that's actually incredible. Because how many galaxies are there? Is there even a number of galaxies? Can they be numbered? I don't know. How vast is our galaxy? And within our galaxy, how vast is our planet? In the larger scheme of things, it's pretty small. But to us, it's pretty big. There's a lot going on. It, it, you could you could zoom in on a leaf and there's just a lot going right there's there's just so many details to creation and God takes pride in all of it now by the way in terms of how many galaxies there are that can't even be measured that's just what's within our uh, scope of vision in our in, in our physical realm but beyond that in the more spiritual realms the more spiritual worlds right there's there's other uh, levels of realities in the heavens and stuff Yet, what does God take pride and joy in? Us, the world that he made. Because we're relevant to him. And what we say is that the name of the Lord is blessed from now into all eternity. The glory of the Lord. Go take a step back for a second. May the glory of the Lord be, be forever. What does glory mean? Take a look at the Hebrew word. In the Hebrew, Yehi Chavod. First line, Yehi Chavod may be the, the Kavod. Kavod means like honor. The word Kavod or glory implies some sort of abstract distance. Like God is glorious. He's, what do you think of when you say God is glorious? You don't think of him so much as a friend. There are different elements to our relationship with God. But when you describe him as glorious, there's something awesome. And I mean awesome in the literal sense of the word, not in the millennial sense of the word. God is awesome. God is great. God is vast. God is big. Yet, we still say that may the name of the Lord be blessed from now and all eternity. He's still the source of all blessing. Although he's vast, he's big, he's great. Right? He's the creator, not the created. Yet he's still relevant because he's the source of blessing for all eternity. The Hebrew word for eternity is olam. Olam also means world. God's blessings are relevant to this world, are relevant to us. The nations, the co commentaries on the Siddur explain that nations of the world, especially in pagan times, uh, there there was, you know, let me take a step back. Maimonides describes the evolution of idolatry. How did idolatry start? When Adam and Eve were created, they were created by the hands of God himself. They spoke to God. God said to Adam, Ayeka, where are you? Right? They they clearly believed in God. Well, at what point did things go south? What point did paganism start? So Maimonides says it was an evolution. It was a development. Or de devolution. De 
what's the word devolution what's the opposite of evolution to devaluate devalue okay there was a devalue devaluation the next generation said well there is a god obviously right we have this tradition but how um how relevant is this god in other words god delegates power to the sun delegates power to the moon to the wind to the clouds now that's not true they don't have independence but that's that was their philosophy and uh, i had a voice teacher great teacher he says to me <laughs> when i first started working with him had a little bit of knowledge and he said and he says to me josh a little knowledge is dangerous you're going to hurt yourself <laughs> Right. If you're you could practice something a lot, but if you're practicing it wrong, you're gonna hurt yourself. A little knowledge is dangerous. So they had a little bit of knowledge, and unfortunately, the evolution. There we go. Okay. So unfortunately, a little bit of knowledge is dangerous. And there was these this devolution. They said, Well, God delegates. And if God delegates, let us give honor to the sun to the moon. Right? Why go to the supreme manager? Let's go to the person behind the counter, right? Why go to God? Why don't we thank the sun directly? <laughs> the next generation saw their parents praying to the sun. And eventually they forgot about God. There was a point where they believed in God. They would even praise God. But they didn't believe God was the source of blessing. They believed that whoever God delegated to was the source of blessing. So what we're saying here is that God is not only great, but God is relevant because he is the source of blessing. Bracha. What else does the word bracha mean? The word bracha also means to channel down. God is channeling down into this world. He's channeling down blessing into this world. He's channeling himself down into this world. He's making himself relevant to this world. Take a look on to the next series of verses. The third line of the English, middle of the line, by the period. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is praised. So all over the world, you have people that recognize God. Then what makes Judaism unique? Just today, we had a, um, a pest control guy come. And he's never really had interaction with a Jew in his life. And somehow he knew I was Jewish. I don't know. <laughs> he figured that out. He says, what does... He's from Madeira. There's not a lot of Jews in Madeira. The only Jews that are in Madeira, the, the kosher winery there, that they're uh, a couple of majgichim, of kosher supervisors. So he says to me, what does Judaism believe? What is the main belief of Judaism? I said, there's one God and he's relevant. He matters. He matters to you, matters to me. Many people believe in God, but not many people believe that God is relevant. And the verse actually recognizes that from the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is praised all over the world. People are praising God. And you know what they say? The Lord is high above all nations. His glory transcends the heavens. That may seem like a praise, but it could be taken, unfortunately, <laughs> as an insult. Yes, God is great. He's glorious. 
aka irrelevant. In other words, God has an occupational hazard. You know what an occupational hazard is? You know who has occupational hazards? Rabbis. We have occupational hazards because if we're too abstract and too, you know, in the books and in the clouds, who's going to want to go to you for advice or anything? You don't have any connection to reality. And if you're too cool, who needs you? Right? It's so rabbis have that that app that that uh, occupational hazard. Teachers have that occupational hazard. If you're too cool and too cordial with your students, too friendly with your students, well, they don't need you. They don't respect you. And if you're too professor-like, on the other extreme. They're not going to be interested. So God has that similar um, occupational hazard. God is great. God is amazing. God is the creator. Well, he's not relevant. And if God is relevant, then he's just one of us. Why serve him? That would be idolatry. And this is a this is this is a very relevant and deep struggle that hasn't been articulated perhaps, but it is an important struggle that we all have with God. If you're a great God, then do you really care about me? And if you do care about me, then do I really want to serve you? Like Groucho Marx said, why would I, why would I want to be part of a club that wants me as a member? <laughs> so the nations of the world say, the Lord is high above all nations. He's great. His glory transcends the heavens. He's greater than even heaven. And you know what we say? Take a look at the next verse. Oh, Lord, your name is forever. Your remembrance, Lord, is throughout all generations. Look, look at the Hebrew. I'm going to read the... the uh, so look at the Hebrew third line. The middle of the line. Ram al-Kolgoyim Hashem. God is exalted above. Ram means above. Al Hashamayim Kavodo, above the heavens is his glory. God is not relevant. To which respond we respond, Hashem. Shimcha Olam, his name is forever. His name is of all eternity. What does Laolam also mean? World. God's name is relevant in this world. Yes, he's exalted, and yes, he's above us all, and yes, he's great. He's still relevant in this world. His remembrance, the door of is from all generations. He's relevant in this world. He's relevant in this and uh, this generation. He's not archaic either. You know what we call this in traditional Hasidic terminology? This is referred to, or not even Hasidic terminology, Jewish philosoph philosophical terminology, Hashgacha Pratis. Which means God has a very specific supervision on reality. He's not just uh, supervising from above, but he's very in he's intimately involved in creation as a creator. And the reason is because he's an active creator. He's constantly creating.
This is what the Midrash tells us, that God is constantly creating, which means he's constantly involved in creation. And everything is orchestrated as such. And the, so the Baal Shem Tov once uh, pointed out, just to illustrate, you know, you're walking down the park. It's a nice breezy day in the fall. The, tree, the leaves are uh, rustling. A leaf blows off. And you walk by, go, oh, coincidence, happens to be a windy day. Leaf happens to blow off. Not a coincidence. There was a worm there that was baking in the sun. And that leaf happened to land on that worm. So God cares about a worm. God made an entire wind take place. So trees can wrestle. So that leaf can soar and land to block the worm. A worm is important to God. Well, then human beings who have choices to do good or to do evil, they're also important to God. Mind you, God also made it a sunny day. <laughs> what was the purpose of that, right? Everything, there's a purpose. There's an or, or, there's a whole orchestration of reality, and it's all centering around human beings because God believes that we matter. God is very relevant to us. Yes, he's Ram Al-Kogoyim. Yes, he's exalted and he's high in the heavens but he's still very much relevant in this world. So relevant that the the Talmud, the Jerusalem Talmud, gives an analogy comparing God, who's the king of all kings, to a human being, to a mortal king. <coughs> I shouldn't say comparing, I should say contrasting. God as a king and mortals as a king are very different. Because a human king is very abstract. A human king doesn't really have time for each individual. And it's hard to, to relate to kings, although we have a new king now, right? In, in Britain, there's a new king. We can finally go back to the king analogy. Um, but it's hard to relate to a king. A king is not buddy-buddy with you. A president, right? President's not buddy buddy. They have their job. They have their role. So the point that if the the, the the president doesn't even know your name, the president's not expected to know your name. It's too many people. Right? A king won't know your name. But God knows your name. And God holds you accountable. And God actually cares if you do good, if you do bad. Not only how it affects him. The king will care if you do good or bad as it affects the king or as it affects the bureaucracy or the safety. But how does it affect you? The king cares how it affects you. So the Talmud gives an analogy. You go to a mortal king, you have to book an appointment and you have to be allowed in. And the secretary or the administrator may or may not allow you in. The king may delegate whatever you need to um, to another administrator to take care of it. But when you knock on God's chamber, you know what he says? Come in. Come in. He takes care of it himself. True greatness means I can work and deal with even those who perhaps are not that great or don't seem that great. 
right? God is so great that he can make time for even us. He could value even us. God would never say, I'm too great to deal with you people. That's not real greatness. That's why the Talmud says where you find the humility of God. Sorry, where you find God being great, you actually see his humility. That he's making time to, to kind of work and deal with us. Let's keep reading. We're up to, we're on the English. Seven lines from the top. You with me? Okay, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingship has dominion over all. Yes, his throne may be in the heavens, but his kingship is relevant to everybody. God is relevant. Again, that's the theme of this whole paragraph. The heavens will rejoice, the earth will exalt, and among the nations they will proclaim the Lord, proclaim the Lord reigns. So there will be a time where this is not just a belief system that we have, but it's, an, it's a reality that everybody sees. Anybody know when that is? Right, when Mashiach comes. When the world will be full of the knowledge of God. Right, the nations will proclaim the Lord reigns. The Lord is king, the Lord was king, the Lord shall be king forever and ever. The Lord reigns over all, over all eternity. The nations have vanished from his land. The Lord has annulled counsel from all of them. All nations. Take a look at this next line. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The thoughts of his heart. Sorry, go back one line. Many are the thoughts in the heart of man. This is a powerful line. You know the statement, man plans and God laughs? Right? This is where it's from. Many are the thoughts in the heart of man, but it is the counsel of the Lord that endures. The counsel of the Lord stands forever and ever, the thoughts of his heart throughout all generations. And the reason is, before he spoke and it came to be, he commanded it and it endured. God is relevant his greatness is his relevance, which means also he knows what he's doing, and we got to trust that. We got to trust that God knows what he's doing, and that is so difficult. It's so easy to talk about in a class how God knows what he's doing. We got to trust and amen, brother. But in reality, that's very difficult, but he knows what he's doing, and I'm sure we all can think of some sort of story or situation where we thought something was right and we thought something should have happened in a certain way and it ended up happening differently and we saw how it was good and I'm, I'm sure you've seen all you know all sorts of stories like that i'll tell you a small story that i just heard nothing too earth shattering but it was cute rabbi 11 palo alto you know rabbi 11 from palo alto he runs the chabad in palo alto he said he was recently in new york he was at the Ohel. He was at the resting place of the, the, of the Rebbe's grave where people come to, to pray. Holy grounds. He His intention was to be there like in the morning. He ended up being there in the afternoon. And he was kind of annoyed by the delay. I don't know what the delay was. It was a flight delay or for whatever reason he was there later at a later time than he should have been. And he was a little bit flustered, like, why am I there so late? As he walks out of the OL, 
a young man comes up to him and says, excuse me, are you Rabbi Levin? He says, yes, I am. He says, I've been, I was going through a difficult time in whatever situation he had, this young man. It was advised that I speak to you. Before speaking to you, I wanted to pray for a blessing. So I literally went into that OL, play, prayed for a blessing that my issue should be taken care of and that I should have success in counsel and speaking to you. I walk out of the OL and you're standing right there. Rabbi Levin was shocked. He says, I wasn't supposed to be here now. I was supposed to be on a plane. Your man plans and God laughs. And the reason is because God is so relevant. He even knows what's good for us better than what we know is good for us. <clears throat> Take a look at the next part of the verse. If God is relevant here, you know where he also wants to spend his time? He actually doesn't really want to spend that much time in heaven. I, I, I use the word time facetiously because God is beyond time. But where does God want to be present? Where does God want to reveal his full glory here in this world? Indeed, the Lord has chosen Zion. He desired it for his dwelling place. God wants to dwell in this physical world, specifically in Israel, specifically in the Beit HaMikdash, for God has chosen Jacob for himself, Israel as his beloved treasure. And indeed, the Lord will not abandon his people, nor will he forsake his heritage. God wants to dwell with us in a very revealed way. Now, you might say, well, who am I that God wants to dwell with me? Okay, God values me, but I messed up terribly. I have all my shortcomings. I have all my deficiencies. But keep reading. And he, being compassionate, pardons iniquity and does not destroy Time and time again, he turns away his anger and does not arouse his wrath. Deliver us, O Lord, may the king answer us on the day we call. God wants to be with us. He finds us. We are to find God relevant in this world. He wants to spend his time with us in this physical world. And even if we think we're not deserving enough, remember how compassionate God is. And as we continue the journey through the sitter, and as we unpack each prayer, we're going to appreciate more and more, especially in, the, uh, in this segment of davening, we're going to appreciate how relevant God is to the creation that he has made. He didn't make a world and walk away. He's intimately engaged in this world. Okay, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs>